You're listening to the LMD Show, and this is the Downfall of Portsmouth Football Club. Portsmouth, widely known for being the home of the Royal Navy, birthplace of Charles Dickens and home to King Henry VIII's favourite castle. However, there's only really one thing that matters to the community of Portsmouth, and that's the football club, Portsmouth FC. Two-time FA Cup champions, and have also been two-time English First Division champions. But Portsmouth looks so far away from that kind of success today, and at one stage it didn't even look like there would be a Portsmouth football club anymore. So that's what I want to dive in today and, and see how Portsmouth got to that situation. I'll start at the 2007-8 season. The season before, they just finished ninth in the Premier League and Harry Redknapp's second season back after having a stint as manager of Southampton, Portsmouth's fiercest rivals. But in that summer, they ended up bringing some really key contributors such as David James, Sol Campbell, Laron and Carnu, and later brought in Jermaine Defoe and Asara Diara in the January window. Portsmouth ended up having a very solid season in the league, finishing 8th. However, that quickly became Portsmouth's secondary focus. After winning against Manchester United in the FA Cup quarter-final, uh, which was seen as a great surprise as Manchester United were reigning Premier League champions and favourites of the FA Cup that season, they were suddenly through to the semi-final, and fans could really start to dream. It was something that the fans could never think of winning before, the FA Cup being the most famous trophy. They played West Brom in the semi-final. It was a very close game. It was a 1-0 win. A Carnu goal, a difference. For many players, the FA Cup is the best club competition in the world. It's the only club competition that allows teams from all the way down in the ninth tier of English football to play the likes of Manchester United and Liverpool. But to get to the final is an achievement that players never forget. From getting their suits measured, to walking out on Wembley's hallowed turf. This wasn't an opportunity to be wasted. Portsmouth were through to an FA Cup final. Last time they won the FA Cup was 69 years earlier. And the only team that now stood in their way were Cardiff City. After another Carnu goal, another 1-0 win, Portsmouth found themselves FA Cup champions. Portsmouth were now FA Cup champions. It was a moment in history that fans will never forget. And as a fan myself, I'll hold that memory dearly. It now looked like Portsmouth could then go on to become a high-achieving club in England. But what were Portsmouth's expectations going forwards after winning the FA Cup? Well, I asked that same question to Colin Farmery, who is chair of the Portsmouth History Society and was a spokesperson for the Pompey Supporters Trust, managing its PR and communication strategy until it completed the purchase of Portland FC in 2013. He has also written and co-written six books on Portsmouth's history. Certainly, when, when you win the FA Cup, there, there's going to be a, a change in, in the dimension of the club and what your ambitions are. You know, suddenly 
Pompey at that time. They'd finished, I think, 7th or 8th in the Premier League. They were now FA Cup winners. They were about to play in, in, in the UEFA Cup the following season. You know, they very much saw themselves as, a, as, a, as an aspiring top four club. And, and I think that was the, you know, the Sasha Guidemac project was to get Pompey in, into that sort of contention. Um, whether whether the wider community saw it differently, I, I think probably locally not. I think one of one of the things that Pompey did very well in the Premier League was they still maintained the character of the club. It still felt like the the, the Pompey certainly that I, I'd supported for for the best part of forty years forty years beforehand. So I think probably probably within the local community, I don't think the perception of the club changed unduly. But certainly, it's fair to say that on a, on a national and, and an international scale. You know the club had a much higher profile. You know it was covered covered in, in in the national media and it was covered in the international media as well, and was very much seen as a as, a, as an interesting interesting up and coming club, I suppose. Despite the fact that we had a had a significant history and were had been twice champions of England before now, and also won the FA Cup as long as ago as 1939. So. I think for a newer generation of fans, though, yeah, Pompey, Pompey were a club that were that were seen as as a, as, as an up and coming club, and uh, yeah, that that was that was a a, a a a nice thing for the club to be, to be honest. With Portsmouth winning the FA Cup, it meant they qualified for European football, which was the first time in their history. This allowed them to play teams such as AC Milan, who had players such as Ronaldinho, Perlo, and Kaká. This gave the club a great lift and there was a general feeling that Portsmouth could end up qualifying for European football most seasons. So what could possibly go wrong at the club? Well, it turns out quite a lot. Yeah, well, of course, you know, after that, the, um, you know, the the reality of the situation kicked in and and while you know pe- people often argue that that well Pompey when they when they won the FA Cup they won it with money they didn't have well that, that that's not strictly speaking true I mean certainly during the financial year of of 2007 and 2008 you know the club the club was paying all its debts it was it was paying the players on time you know it was it was being run the same as any other Premier League club club was being run in 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 that regard because at the end of the day you know we had we had a, a sugar daddy in Sasha Gaidamak who who was prepared to put the money in at the end of every month to to cover the losses that the club was making but uh, at the end of the day you know in 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 October 2008 when when overnight effectively Gaidamak said that the money tap was being turned off at that point, you know, you see what happens when when a, when a club has its financial means of support cut from underneath it. Um, I think, you know, to be fair to the you know the then chief executive Peter Story, he he probably did as good a job as anybody could have done in the circumstances in in, in terms of keeping the show on the road. But the problem was was that when you're a club in distress, as Pompey were at that time, and when your owner is someone that has has you know a, shall we say at best a checkered track record you know your your father's being tried for gum running and your father's been involved in in um you know kind of mining in angola which uh, which has been suspect to say the least you get into a situation where you know who is going to buy a club off of off of this person 
And I think the problem that Pompey got into and why they got into the, the, the um, subsequent administrations was because in the end, it was very, very difficult to find a credible owner for the club. And, and I think that, that, that was clearly shown by, by the owner that we ended up with. You know, kind of Suleiman Al Fahim. He'd been high profile in the Manchester City takeover um, about, about uh, six or seven months earlier. And so everybody assumed that he was he was a an Arab guy with lots of money, but the reality was very far from that. And in the end, you know, Gaidamak sold to to um, to Al Fahim in in desperation almost to get rid of the rid of the debts of the club in 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 the summer of of, of two thousand and nine. And clearly, Suleiman didn't have really two hackneys to rub together if I'm absolutely honest certainly certainly not the money required to run run a Premier League team at the time so he had a, a very brief six-week interlude as owner uh, and then and then we got handed over to um, uh, the owners Ali Al-Faraj who was the front man for it but 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 in the end Ali Al-Faraj we don't think ever existed and really, it was all a bit of a front, just to just to try to extract some money that that, that this this group of people felt they owed by the Guidemac family, and and the whole thing began to unravel from from, from there. Uh, and by February two thousand and ten, we became the first Premier League club to go into administration. So, what did administration mean? Well, for Portsmouth, it meant two things: a nine-point deduction, which almost guaranteed their relegation to the Championship. But it also meant that Portsmouth would be run by a court-appointed administrator, whose job was to attempt to save the club from liquidation. In his first press conference, the administrator, Andrew Adronikow, said, and I quote, The restructuring starts today and there will be significant cost-cutting at all levels. I will be cutting to the boat. A scary situation for a club to be in after winning the FA Cup just two years previous. Ultimately, we... You know, the same group of people ended up buying the club out of administration, but really all they were looking to do was to protect protect the, the you know the debt that they felt they had. You know, it was around about seventeen million pounds, and as a result, they couldn't find a clean owner to send it on to, sell it on to. So we ended up selling to a guy called uh, Vladimir Antonov, and initially that didn't look too bad. But then suddenly we find that this guy he's he's uh, he's being indicted on on, on charges of of of, uh, of you know defrauding people in, in 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 Lithuania, and there's an arrest warrant out for him. And suddenly, for the second time in 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 nine months, you know, ten months, the the other club's visible means of support are cut again, uh, and uh, and we go into administration for a second time. And all the time we're chocking up points deductions. We had nine knocked off in the Premier League, which which, which confirmed our relegation. We had another ten docked off here, which confirmed our our, our relegation to, to to League One. And because we'd gone into administration twice, there was another. 10 points actually hanging over us again when we when we eventually came out of administration and and, and you know you know you 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 ask about about the club and where it was at that time that was where the fans had to step in and do something to try to save it because if if they if they didn't there was a very significant chance that the club was going to go out of business so after two relegations, eight managerial changes, two administrations and another relegation to League Two on the cards, something really special happened. 
On the 19th of April 2013, Portsmouth were taken out of their second administration by the Supporters' Trust, becoming the largest fan-owned club in England, a romantic end to one of the most turbulent times to be a Portsmouth Football Club supporter. But just how close were Portsmouth from being liquidated? Um, for sure. I mean, it, it, it actually it actually came very close to liquidation on 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 more than one occasion. You know, I I think if it wasn't for um, you know the generosity of of guys who we ended up dubbing the presidents, dipping their hands into their pockets to to basically fund the club through through that that administration period in in 2012-13, with absolutely no prospect. Or potentially no prospect of getting their money back if they hadn't have done that I think I think Portsmouth Football Club almost certainly would have been liquidated sometime between 2012 and 2013 fortunately you know the president's hung in there uh, the Pompey Supporters Trust we managed to kind of like you know get together get together um, 2,000 fans to stump up stump up a thousand pounds each and between the two of us you know we were able to put together a financial package that enabled enabled the club to be bought out of administration, and we became, you know, the biggest community-owned club in England in in the summer of 2013. And uh, you know, I think I think I have to say, you know, as 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 supporters, we made a pretty good fist of running it. You know, we put in a good management team at the club, uh, and eventually we got the right manager on the pitch in Paul Cook. And uh, you know, you can't ask more as a supporter-owned club. You know, your last act as a supporter-owned club was to um, was to win win the League Two title on the final day of the season. So, supporter ownership, you know, really, it, it was it was it was a you know born out of the fact of of, of there was a huge crisis at Portsmouth Football Club. But uh, you know, I think I think we can all be very proud of, of supporters in terms of what we what we did to save our club. Looking forward to the present day now. Portsmouth spent the last four seasons in League One. However, they're finally financially secure after Michael Eisner, former chairman and chief executive officer of the Disney company, bought the club from the Supporters Trust in 2017 for a rumoured price around £5.6 million. Portsmouth have since been League One promotion favourites for pretty much every season they've been in League One, but have consistently fallen at the final hurdle in their hunt for championship football. However, things look to be on the up though. After a poor run of form in 2021, Portsmouth hired Danny and Nicky Cowley, two young, exciting coaches who previously take a non-league side Lincoln City on a surprising cup run, in which they beat Premier League side Burnley and eventually succumbed to English football giants Arsenal. Many fans believe they could be the future of Portsmouth Football Club, and now there's a great sense of optimism around the community. I spoke to Jack Norris, who's been a supporter of Portsmouth Football Club for most of his life and a regular at Fratton Park, about where the club is currently at. Jack, what's your opinion on the Cowleys? I'm I'm happy with them being appointed. I think, obviously, young managers these days seem to have a better idea of what's like how to succeed in football at the moment. Having like, I think. They need to be given time, that goes with any manager that we bring in, but they need to be given time to reshape the squad, bring in players that they know, and get rid of some of the deadwood within the squad they currently have. And that's the only way they're going to make progress. Where do you think the Cowleys can take Portsmouth Football Club? Well, as I said, if they can make improvements to the squad, then they can take us back to the Championship. I've 
I have fully, I have full belief in what they do. I think they are capable of getting us promoted, whether that's through the playoffs or winning the league. I think if they get a better squad in, make the improvements where they can, get players in that they trust, then I think we'll have a good chance in the next few seasons. Are you currently satisfied at where Portsmouth are at at the moment? Well, obviously, we finished this season outside the playoffs, which is a shame, but having looked back at it, I think had we got playoffs, we were nowhere near strong enough to go and win the playoffs. And obviously, we can't judge the job Cowley's done because he only had a few matches, really, to sort of turn it around. And if you look at the situation we were in, we were well off the playoffs when he was appointed. The fact that it went to the last game where we could have got the playoffs is a good achievement in itself. So it just shows that he needs to be given some time. From the joys of winning the FA Cup to the sadness of seeing their club fall down the leagues, Portsmouth fans have really been through a lot recently. However, recent events happening in the footballing world have allowed a spotlight to show the world how important the fans are to football. And without the courage of the Portsmouth fans, there wouldn't be a Portsmouth football club. And as bleak as that sounds, there's something really special about that. Make sure to follow the LND show so when a new episode comes out, you'll be the first to know.